Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. We are glad to have those of you in person present with us on this special Sunday. And those of you who are online, we are glad that you are joining us also. Today is a goodbye Sunday, the goodbye Sunday for us to Pastor Christy. Um, she has been our Caneo Connect pastor. We've been sharing her with the Thousand Oaks Methodist and the St. Matthew's Newberry Park Methodist. And she will be going at the end of the month to Moore Park, which is, well, I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want you to go and visit her there. You stay put with us. Although it's not so far away, so we'll be seeing her. She, she's in our mission area, so when we do uh, things with other churches in the area, um, collaborative things, Pastor Christie will be among us. So we'll see her again. It's not like goodbye forever, but it's, it's goodbye on a, on a regular basis. And so we're, we're kind of sad to have that happen, but we're glad that you are being given a church of your own and able to uh, open your wings and fly in that capacity that you're more than gifted to do. So we're, we're very excited for her doing that. teaching preschool music, there was a song that we loved to sing. It went something like this. Ha ha this away, ha ha that away, ha ha this away, just like that. Now, you musicians over there may remember that song completely different because when I looked it up, those weren't the words. But I always had the kids going, we're going to look this way, we're going to look that way this topsy-turvy way. So this entire time that I am looking at this sermon, trying to figure out, I used last week's lectionary for those of you that follow that. Um, how did these scriptures combine? How did they all work together? And how do they work with the message that I'm to bring not only to one, but three churches as we celebrate the ministry we've done together? And that song kept going through my head over and over and over. Which way should we be turning? Which path are we on? And where is God? Sometimes the best ways to see and experience God's presence is to turn away. Now, that may sound counterintuitive to you because it sure does to me. But sometimes we fail to see what is right in front of our faces. Maybe it's when we turn and give him a side eye that we see what God has for us. And then we can recognize which way we need to go on our journey that we then encounter the divine. The lectionary scripture as we looked through them, as I looked through them, helped us to look at different moments of turning away from God, turning, aw turning away, not from God, please stay with God, um, <laughs> turning away and seeing the impact that God had on others' lives. In Moses, we looked with Exodus, 
we looked at the psalmist, we looked at Paul, which we heard in our Roman scripture, and then we look at Peter in a Matthew scripture. In Exodus 1, 3, 1 through 6, God um, meets Moses kind of where he's at. They're attending, he is tending his father-in-law Jethro's flock. And as he leads the flock beyond the wilderness, he comes to a mount, Mount Horeb. It is known as the mountain of God. And he goes up and he gets up there in the mountain and there's this bush and it's burning. And he looks at it and he goes, this is my interpretation. You all know how I do this. What the heck? It's not being consumed. It's not burning down, but here is this blaze all around it. And I don't know what made him think, I must look away. What made him say that out loud? But he kind of looks to the side. And God says to him, Moses, Moses. And then here's the fun part. He goes, come. But then he says, stop. Do not come any closer. And remove your sandals. For you are standing on holy ground. We get so caught up in our everyday that we forget to truly watch for God's presence in the ordinary and the extraordinary. If we continue to go about our daily life and all that we do, we get so caught up in that topsy-turvy, what are we doing, where do we go, that life starts to begin to feel routine but chaotic. We see the same old, same old, but we don't necessarily recognize where God is in those moments. We're not paying attention. You know, it gets so chaotic that I think sometimes we don't miss... Recognize God in those huge moments either. We forget to tune into the Holy Spirit, looking for God in the burning bushes that are going on all around us. And if we look at them, maybe to the side, we will hear God calling us, saying, child, come, but remove your shoes, for you are standing on holy ground. So I began to think, what are some holy ground moments that we have all experienced together through me being here at Westlake or being with Kaneo Connect? One of them you guys have heard me talk about over and over and over, and that was VBS. It was such a holy ground moment to show up to VBS with three different churches who had some connection, had done some things together, had tried for a while to build Caneo Connect into what hopefully it will eventually become. But yet there might be a recognition or maybe you know somebody from another uh, club or tennis or other activities, but there was not a relationship built. 
And I watched these adults that way outnumbered the number of kids we have begin to form these connections. Friends, we were on holy ground. And for those of you that were not at VBS who had no idea that this was going to happen, I mean, VBS, hundreds of little kids running around, I don't want to be there. I get it. I even say it as a director. But there's been many opportunities that we've seen those same holy ground moments, all of us together and all of us as a community in Conejo Connect. I've seen people come in and sit down and eat together and learn about each other and learn together in the scripture and then bring it back into their congregation. So if these are moments that you didn't get to participate in, you still did because it was brought back to you. And then we had VBS this year, friends. I didn't think it was going to happen. Scheduled it. Everything was going good. I had it out there. Maybe I didn't advertise enough. I don't know. But it had been out there since, well, we scheduled it last year. And then we scheduled it in May and April, started advertising. And we got closer and closer. And I'm at school, and I get the call. <laughs> There's still no sign-ups. What are we going to do? Life is busy. Get it. Life has changed so much. So then we started talking. We're going back and forth and we're like, well, let's move the date. So we did. And everybody that was in that conversation agreed on the date. And then we got closer. <laughs> and we got closer. And I had five kids. And then I had six. And then I started getting the emails. We can be here on this day and this day, but not on this day. And we can be here on this day and this day, but not this day. And Somebody in our group, in this group chat, speaks up and says, maybe we should do things completely different. Maybe instead of trying to do a week long, and I know that there was the contingency on do we do it as a day or a night or whatever, I think we would have had the same problem no matter when we chose it. But what I can say is, we're going to do one night. We're going to change everything. So VBS is still sitting in the office back there for anybody that needs to find it. And we did one on Psalm 8 of Reach for the Stars. You guys have heard this, and I'm not going to preach on this a long time. But we watched a stage full of kids create their own movie. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Now, I'm going to call my daughter out. She is making you guys a movie to see. But that movie was an hour and a half long. We filmed everything they did. I'm not going to make you see an hour and a half. But she's now working tech and working school. So... That movie is getting done. It's just going to take a little longer than we had planned, but you will get to see the incredible things that our children have done. So I gave you two of my moments, three of my moments. I ask you, where have you found yourself on holy ground? Where has God placed something in your life that you can feel that burning presence of the Holy Spirit stating, I am on holy ground? Sorry, I'll say it louder for those in the back. I'm on holy ground right now. You can answer me out loud or you can think about it, but these are important questions for you to put into your soul, into your mind, into your being on how are you encountering the divine? I think the answer our children gave us is the very best. We are always on holy ground when we carry the divine within us.
So we're going to look at a psalm. And our psalmist, and that was one of the praise God, praise God, praise God psalms. And our psalmist is finding holy ground in everything, in every little moment, and praising God in those moments, the tiniest to the biggest. So let's think about some tiny moments, feeling God, the breath, of God, the breeze on your cheek. It wasn't tiny, it was big, but hearing our children sing. Thank you for that surprise. Seeing a child's joy as they learn something new. I think back to, (laughs) Callie, sorry, I'm using you again. When we were in Oklahoma, right before we moved back out here, and Callie was learning to ride her bike and thinking she couldn't do it, and we were in the Baptist church parking lot because our church parking lot was all gravelly and there was no way. And the video, I was in seminary. I missed this, you guys. But Jeff gave me the video of him pushing the bike and letting go and the squeal of, I did it! God, Okay, I'm sorry, kiddo. I should put you on film right now. God was in that moment. God was there. We maybe get into those moments, though, that we just think it's boring and mundane and where is God and why isn't God in this moment? What is going on? When I was in seminary, and I've talked about him a lot because he was one of my profound teachers, but he taught us spiritual disciplines, how to be in God's presence. He was really interesting. His name is Dr. Habito, and he was a Catholic monk turned Buddhist. And he left the Catholic faith because he found somebody when he was in, I believe, Japan, fell in love, and got married. But Dr. Habito would teach us a lot of being present in the moment. I hated that class, you guys, because I can't just be present in the moment. I need my brain to be... We never noticed that, did we? Well, my brain doesn't fire a million miles a minute. But one of the best lessons he taught me was how to be as you wash dishes, to feel the warm water, You guys picture him with me? The suds. (laughs) Smell the soap. Hopefully we don't smell what you had for dinner. To wash on, wax up, just kidding. To be in that moment. To be thankful that you had a plate to eat upon. To be thankful that there was food upon that plate thankful to God for all that has happened. Now, I thought that sounded crazy, but you know, I was kind of pompous and younger. But I tried it because, you know, I had to learn to be in the moment so I could get an A. Friends, it's true. When I don't want to wash dishes, when I don't want to do laundry, when I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, 
if I can just be in that moment for just that second with God and be thankful for what I have. Living in Oklahoma, that was a really important Native American experience too, all around you. Be thankful. If you were gonna slaughter a cow for a meal, thank that cow for his life. Be thankful in all that you do. In our Roman scripture today, Paul encourages the Romans to repay evil with good. Again, topsy-turvy, which way do I turn? What am I doing? How can I tell you that it's okay that you stepped on my toe, but I'm going to give you a candy bar? Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought of what is noble in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Leave God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. Now, I don't like that part of the scripture. Any of you thinking God is going to be a vengeful, wrathful God? But it's not up to me what God does to somebody else. It's up to me how I live in the moment. How I spend my time Am I going to hold it in my heart and just keep saying over and over, you stepped on my toe, you stepped on my toe, you stepped on my toe, or I'm going to say, I'm thankful I had shoes on. And I'm thankful that you crossed my path because you made me learn that when you're coming, I'm going to walk the other way. Find that thankfulness in those moments. If we are living a life fully focused on God, we are an example of being in God's presence. When we experience our own holy ground moments, we seek out more connection to God. Now, in the gospel reading of Matthew, we're back with Peter. Peter, the rock, which the church was built upon, doesn't get things right away. So Jesus is talking about what's going to come in his time of death, and they're going back and forth. And Peter stands up, and he is indignant. God, forbid this. You cannot allow this to happen to you. And God looks straight at him. Jesus looks straight at him and says, get behind me, Satan. I don't have room for this. I am on to better things. God told him, you are being a stumbling block for me. Do not do anything but help me set my mind and my focus to where I'm going. We need to turn aside from those who are stumbling blocks for us. We have them all the time. They come up every few moments Ty in the room. I'm using my kids as more examples than I ever do. Ty texts me this week, and he goes, Mom, I keep failing this quiz, and I don't know what to do. He's in class. I'm like, why are you texting me? And I'm like, what's going on? If he hears me, I'm in so much trouble. Do not repeat this. And he goes, they're asking me about the point system for driving, and I can't even drive. 
He turns 15 next week. And they're asking these questions. He probably had a book and didn't read it. He's the boy, sorry. But he was panicked. He was looking at the stumbling blocks instead of how do we get through them. But more importantly, friends, as I talk about the stumbling blocks, is that we do not become a a stumbling block for another. And it happens so easily. I love you all. Please do not take this personally, Walt. I'm sorry. That's the way we've always done it. Or, you know, when I started this church back in 1965, we had 500 kids. I'm exaggerating. I don't know. Maybe we did. But life has changed so much that instead of looking at all stumbling blocks or by keeping that in our focus as a stumbling block, maybe we need to say, thank God for the, I don't know how many were up here. I'm going to guess about 12 kids that we had and the future that is coming into the church. How do we engage them? How do we make things different to encourage them to keep coming over and over? And that is hard because a perfect example, I probably used it to you before, but I couldn't wait to move back out of Texas and Oklahoma to California. But when I got here, nothing was the same. We'd been gone 20 years, and I went back to where I grew up. Nothing looked the same. I went to Chapman University. Holy cow, it's a law school. It's huge. I went to a little bitty school. Life changes. Let's move with it, and let us not be a stumbling block for another. Sometimes that takes a reexamination of our priorities because we continue to look at those holy ground moments. And by doing that, we're ensuring that we are taking off our shoes, which I apologize, I don't normally do that, but we're going to make the statement and standing on holy ground. We have to remember we are standing on holy ground. Now here comes the hard part. We're going to try not to cry. Sometimes we're called to turn from one path or another. And when that happens, we may or may not see that holy ground in front of us. But it is vital to respond to those moments of divine calling. We may not quite understand what we are looking at. And I will say, not just my move, but Caneo Connect is a perfect example of that. This is a divine calling from God, you guys. It doesn't mean that this church or my other two churches, Cuneo Connect's other two churches, are closing down. It doesn't mean that they're merging. God is calling us for a time such as this to be community together and to reach the community that is so much in need. Because Westlake, let's see, UMCWB is holy ground. St. Matthew's is holy ground. Thousand Oaks is holy ground. Moore Park is holy ground. But Ventura County is holy ground. And there are lives out there needing to be touched in new and different ways. Maybe Caneo Connect didn't work exactly like we planned at first, but I see really good things that have come from it. And I think there is, I know there is, a really big excited team working towards what is next. How do we make this happen? So I want to light a fire under you to say, how do you get involved? 
and not in the holding on of what used to be, but how can I make a difference in all of where we are? Because if we can get Ventura County on fire, we can get the United States on fire, and we can get the world on fire for God, for that holy ground, looking for the divine. I totally came off my whole script. So when we started talking about Moore Park, and the conversation began, and it was at the time that more disaffiliations were happening, things were going on, and in Oklahoma, things had been really, really bad. They, Bishop and the, um, some of the DSs, the whole church, are being sued right now in the federal courts for three different churches. A lot of their clergy have left for the global Methodist church. And Jeff says to me one day, they can't call you back to Oklahoma, can they? So that had been going through my head a little bit of, well, I guess they can, but I can't go back, so I guess I'll be going on another leave of absence or we'll figure out what's going to happen. See, I put my own stumbling blocks in front of me. You notice that, right? But then I heard about Moore Park losing their pastor right away. Nothing was said about me going or not going or anything, but I started to think, they really couldn't move me there, could they? I'm committed to this for the next three to five years. I want to see this grow. I love my people. But I began to have conversations with the other pastors. I began to have conversations with Melissa. I began to do a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. God, where am I being called to be right now? Because I'm not done yet. And God turned me from one path to another, telling me that my gifts, my grace are needed somewhere else right now. And it's the most bittersweet moment we're living in right now because the people I've met there are amazing and I'm excited about the opportunities and the possibilities and being able to faithfully shepherd a church I'm not going to necessarily say lead because I think a lot of times you guys are in the lead and we're just trying to keep everything going. But I knew I was being called. So I began to look for the holy ground. The holy ground for what is to be and where it's been. In, some in our times together, there have been some failures. But I will tell you, there have been many, many, many triumphs. I truly believe the vision of Caneo Connect is coming together. So, and I, I just don't want you to think, oh, well, we're moving her on. Maybe things are just going to grow within us. I want you to hold on to that vision because I think it is a God vision and I think it's really important. And again, let me assure you, it is not trying to combine you all to be one church. That is not a, I'll tell you, being in all three churches, you guys are all so different. And you all bring so many different gifts and grace to the table that putting you all together, I'm not the bishop, I'm not the cabinet, I'm not the lead pastors, but right now I would say that that would be the hugest mistake they could ever make because each of the gifts that are combining in the churches are so very important. And we work together as a family. We work together as a community. So that is still going forward. None of that's changing, but how do we take our gifts and grace and add them to St. Matthew's and add them to T.O.'s so that we can become a community church 
in that big church that will not be named that's just down the road doesn't necessarily have to pull everybody from the community because they see what's happening here. (coughs) Sorry. We are gonna do something new. And you guys are going to feel it and you're gonna wanna take off your shoes too because you're gonna see the holy ground. I'm preaching way longer than I never do, but I only have two paragraphs, so we're okay. I am grateful for your love and your support over this last year, how you loved me and my family into being your own. You stuck with my kid in the back. I'm sure the other two will come in and out, but I'm grateful. And until Jeff got his job at Newberry, you loved him into. Thank you. I'm grateful for the difference the fingerprints that you guys have placed upon my life. I have to say, two weeks ago, that was the hardest sermon I ever preached because I wanted to do this part then, and I couldn't. But you guys have left huge fingerprints upon my life, and I will never be the same because together we experienced an incredible holy ground moment. So I'm going to charge you now to continue to be open to God's leading to turn away from the distractions of the world and to continue to seek God in every part of your life. We have stood on holy ground together and we will continue to stand on holy ground today and in the future. And as we move towards that future, I know that our God is big and mighty and strong enough that as we work together, we will recognize through our connectional system that we bring and continue to stand on holy ground out. I'm not going to put borders on it. We're sending it out. So thank you. And I ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Shalom and amen.